Words for the Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought, in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Ari Ben Laya, and for a refuah lema for Esther Batsipura. We learn in the Talmud that a person who has seen a crime committed cannot serve as a judge in the case. Why? When someone has seen a person commit a capital crime, they cannot possibly exonerate them. And yet judges are supposed to look for innocence. And if a person has seen another commit a crime with their own eyes, having impartiality is not possible. Our sages recognize that sight is a very powerful sense. And we start this week's Parsha with that sense. The Parsha begins with, Behold, today I set before you a blessing and a curse. Re'eh, anochi no ten lifneham hayom, bracha uklala. The first word in this Parsha, and the name of the Parsha, re'eh, means to see, coming from the verb lirot, to see. But here, re'eh is sometimes translated as behold. But again, why does sight, or looking, imply understanding? When someone explains a concept to us, if we say, ah, I see, we are explaining that we understand. We can also communicate our understanding with another sense by saying, ah, I hear you. Judaism as a religion primarily relates to sound. Our Avot, Avraham, Abraham, Yitzchak, Isaac, and Yaakov, Jacob, heard the voice of God, didn't see it. Moshe heard God at the burning bush, but didn't see God. B'nai Yisrael heard the voice of God at Har Sinai, Mount Sinai. Even at Sinai, B'nai Yisrael awoke to the sounds of thunder, lightning, and a great horn blast. And yes, they did see a great cloud and the mountain ablaze, but the most important thing here is the sound. The sound of the voice of God delivering the first two of the Aseret Hadibrot, the Ten Commandments. God isn't an entity that can be comprehended, let alone seen. And though our ancestors did see symbols or representations of God, the most affecting situations are found with sound. Judaism is rare in that our quote-unquote revelation, that quote-unquote proves that God is real, happened for all of the nation to hear. We all heard God's voice at Har Sinai. We all had the privilege of experiencing the sound for ourselves. Much like seeing someone commit a crime, it makes you unable to say that they are innocent, hearing the existence of God and the existence of our covenant with God makes us unable to deny God's existence. Throughout the book of Devarim of Deuteronomy, the verb lishmoa can be found in some form 92 times. But weren't we just talking about sight? Re'eh, right? Yes, you're correct. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs of Blessed Memory pointed out that though the command here is see, re'eh, behold, see before you, the words that follow it really speak and describe hearing. I'm going to roughly paraphrase what comes next. So we say, see, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. You will get the blessing if you listen, tishma'u, and heed my laws. You will get the curse if you don't listen, im lo tishma'u. So see these two options that will happen if you don't listen. The Shema, found in three places in the Torah, and that has now become a centerpiece in Jewish belief, also focuses on sound. Shema, of course, coming from the verb lishmoatzu here, proclaims the basic Jewish principle, monotheism. The Shema goes like this, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's not see, O Israel, re'eh, O Israel. It's hear, O Israel, Shema Israel. I once met a woman who became more observant after reading a book about the Holocaust. She read story after story where the last words that those who tragically perished, the last thing they said was the Shema. 
According to the Gemara, as he was being tortured by iron combs to death, Rabbi Akiva recited the words of the Shema as well. The Shema is not a petitionary prayer. It doesn't praise God. It's a simple declaratory statement. These Jews who were murdered for being Jewish and Rabbi Akiva who was being murdered for teaching Torah, their final words were declaring their Jewish identity out loud, hearing, declaring, and affirming that their God is one. To go back to the beginning of the Parsha, Moshe introduces the two options of life for the Jewish people. The first one, follow the mitzvot that God commands us and you receive the blessing, the bracha. Or turn away from these commandments, you will receive the curse, the klala. This here is an excellent example of clear-cut free will, b'chira chavshit. As we learn in the Talmud, everything is in the hands of heaven except for the fear of heaven. Hakol b'yadei shemaim chutz mirat shemaim. Yes, we believe that God has a quote-unquote hand in all of the happenings in the world, but it is 100% an act of choice whether or not we even want to opt in to a godly life. It's like with the genie in Aladdin that you can like wish for anything except for forcing someone to fall in love with you, because even Disney abides by the principle of Bechirat Chavshi. It seems so simple, right? Walk in the way of God and be blessed, or turn away from the way of God and be cursed. So why do we struggle so much with doing the right thing all of the time? The truth is that you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot force it to drink. But you can be nice to the horse and explain that drinking the water will make their headache go away and make their skin clear and make them a happier person. Yelling at the horse and telling them how dehydrated they are, it might work, but they're not going to be happy about it. I'm stretching this metaphor so far, but God cannot force us to walk in God's way. God can give us options to go back to my metaphor, drink and be hydrated or don't and be dehydrated or follow my ways and be blessed or don't and not. We have choice. But when we talk about curses versus blessings, there's not much of a difference. Truly, the Ibn Ezra teaches that a curse is a deficiency of good, simply. It's not pure evil, just the lack of good. There's potential in everything then. When a curse is simply a situation where there isn't enough good, that's amazing. I've spoken about this before, but this is the ultimate example of redemption. No matter how far gone we are, except for a few exceptions, negative, the curses can always be overcome with goodness. I'm going to be taking that energy with me into this week. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much for listening.